You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Dr. Robin Ganser. I hope everyone had a wonderful, restful Thanksgiving holiday. We have another great show for you animal lovers today, featuring two new superstar members of the American Humane Association family. Up first, we have our new National Director of Red Star Rescue, Randy Collins. He'll be here to talk all about his team's plans to celebrate their 100th birthday in 2016. Randy was also there with our Red Star Rescue staffers and volunteers in South Carolina recently. Not once, but on two deployments to take care of animals in need following those floods that inundated the Palmetto State. The thousand-year floods that affected so many human and animal families. So glad that Red Star Rescue, our wonderful volunteers and staff, and Randy as our new national director were able to make a difference, particularly rescuing a whole family of cats. So, so much for you to hear. Then we'll be joined by someone we've actually had on the show a couple of times, Captain Jason Haig, USMC Retired, our new National Director of Military Affairs. You'll remember Jason by the four-legged friend he always has by his side, Service Dog Axel, our 2015 Service Dog of the Year at the American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards. Jason will tell a little of his amazing inspirational story of heroism courage, bravery, and he'll talk about his programs that benefit active duty heroes, veterans, their precious families, and military dogs. Friends, or if you were like me, you still have a lot, tons of holiday shopping left to get done for kids and grandkids. This holiday season, many families will be looking to add a four-legged friend or two to their families. But this is one instance when I'm urging you not to shop, but to adopt. Puppies and kitties and pet stores really do look adorable and they're ready to come home with you. But you have to remember that some of these animals have been born in puppy mills. Right now in this country, there are as many as 10,000 puppy mills generating millions of animals every year. These facilities are often tragic, especially for the breeder dogs who may never see the light of day as long as they live. And it's all legal, according to the USDA. What kind of abuses are we talking about, friends? Well, let me introduce you to my friend, Harley. The little chihuahua with the huge heart. Harley, oh, I love him. He spent 10 years, 10 horrible years in a special cage in a puppy mill before he was rescued and found a forever loving home. His journey of healing inspired a campaign called Harley to the Rescue, which has raised the funds to save and provide medical care for more than 500 dogs from puppy mills over the past two years. Harley personally goes on these rescue missions, and there's no doubt that he is keenly aware of what is happening. There's something indescribable in the way he communicates with the sad and scared dogs. You know, Harley, he's a spokes dog, and he has educated thousands of people of all ages about the horrors of puppy mills. Harley's grizzled appearance is a testament to the care and nurturing that he never received. He had issues, diseased heart, few spine, broken tail, legs that were deformed, and then there's that missing eye. The missing eye, which was the result of his cage in that puppy mill being power washed with him in it, an all-too-common practice. 
All of these conditions were the results of years of horrendous neglect and abuse. Harley is a voice for the thousands of breeding dogs still living in puppy mills, and he is helping to further his cause by winning not only the Emerging Hero Dog of the Year at our 2015 Hero Dog Awards, but as the overall 2015 American Hero Dog. Harley's story is one of incredible resiliency and love, and he shows why puppy mills should really not be supported. Your local shelter, your local rescue groups, those are the perfect places to find dogs and cats of every size, type, age, breed, personality. They're all there waiting for a loving home. Or if you prefer a particular breed that isn't currently available to shelter, go on and find a legitimate breed-specific rescue group. They're all in need of adopters like you. Need help getting started? Well, our friends at PetFinder have a wonderful online database of reputable shelters and rescue groups. A new furry friend is the perfect holiday gift that every family will love. Open up your heart and your home to a new best friend. Thank you, friends, so much for being part of today's episode. We'll be right back after this brief message with my new friend, Randy Collins, to talk about rescuing animals in times of crisis. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Visit RedBarnInc.com to save a dollar on Red Barn grain-free canned food. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. Friends, I tell you, when trouble strikes, the nation's animals have a new friend. American Humane Association has just recently announced our new national director for Red Star Rescue for Animals, Randy Collins. Randy is an amazing, inspirational leader, an emergency response expert, and we're honored to have him lead our historic team, which has rescued millions of animals in times of disaster since this program's founding in 1916. Randy, welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. How are you? I'm great, Robin. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you, Randy. Well, Randy, I know you've been on the job now for about a month, I believe, and we've known you've been deployed most of that time to times of communities in crisis. Can you share with us where you've been lately? Uh, absolutely. Uh, in my uh, first several days, I was uh, had the opportunity to uh, go to uh, South Carolina, uh, where they ex- uh, experienced some significant flooding, and we had to uh, deal with some uh, major issues there where uh, we were able to rescue uh, a number of cats. We also did a transport from Florida to Dover, Delaware, and then we returned to South Carolina as well, where we were able to help a shelter in need that had a population problem. Wow. Talk to us a little bit about those pictures or those floods in, in South Carolina, because what we saw on the TV, I mean, it was it was shocking. What did the governor say? A thousand year flood? What did that look like, Randy? Oh, it was very devastating. Uh, there are areas there that have never experienced flood before where, you know, buildings have been placed and, and that sort of thing, because a thousand year flood is highly unusual. And so as we were able to travel through the state and do assessments, we found shelters that had been hit hard. 
We've also saw numerous devastated neighborhoods that were surrounded, became islands among themselves. And so uh, seeing that level of devastation was, was fairly unique in a place that, in places that have never experienced such destruction. Talk to me a little bit about the cats. I know there's this story of a number of cats in one house, and you all did a boat rescue for the cats. Can you tell our listeners what that was like? Absolutely. The owners of the of this particular house uh, had been providing shelter for cats. The community knew this family and knew that this family would take in all the different cats that uh, were found as strays. And, and they were responsible owners. They were responsible in spaying and neutering these cats uh, and just kept them outside as outside cats in their barn on their farm. And as this thousand-year flood started to uh, really impact the area, they realized that their barn was going to flood. So they uh, went out and wrangled up all the cats and, and brought them into their home uh, in an attempt to save these these cats and not realizing that the storm was going to be so bad that their home was also going to flood. So what happened was they had to evacuate their home for their own safety and unfortunately had to leave the cats behind and went for an entire week without knowing what really to do. Uh, they were really overwhelmed. They tried to forge their way back into the home each day at, at the very least to provide some food to the cats. And it wasn't uh, until they really connected with us where we were able to offer them assistance. And, you know, they were so overwhelmed uh, with joy when they found us and found that we had a capability that we could come in there, bring a boat, bring responders, and grab the cats and bring them to safety at our emergency shelter that we'd established. So we sent a team in. And the team had to climb in through the rafters and up into the attics. And we also had to put responders up on the roof where we had about five cats hiding there and capture them and bring them back across the, the flooded uh, area with the boat and take them to our shelter and give them some medicine that they needed. And then now they've all found their forever home. Oh, wow. Wow. And again, your first, you know, month on the job, you're rescuing cats from a roof and involved in a major transport operation, saving animals that were taken from a Miami, I believe, and bringing them up to a their shelter in the north where they were rescue groups in the north. You've just been so busy. And But I know this isn't unusual for you, Randy. You come to the American Humane Association with a long and remarkable history in emergency response. For our listeners, Randy Collins has a unbelievable resume with so much impressive work at the Department of Homeland Security, FEMA, Incident Management, Law Enforcement, and the Armed Forces. He served as an emergency management specialist for Southern California Edison. He's the president of All Hazards Incident Management Team Association. And Randy, I know you've had assignments with Homeland Security and FEMA, and you're a former K-9 law enforcement officer. What haven't you done, Randy? It's amazing. <laughs> Well, I haven't literally herded cats until South Carolina. <laughs> um, it's been it's been uh, yeah, an amazing career. I feel blessed to have uh, had numerous experiences and being able to teach all across the country, teach incident management, and develop incident management teams and emergency response teams uh, across Indiana. Being uh, the president of the All Hazards Incident Management Team Association has also been uh, rewarding as I you know, have been able to network and understand the best practices of incident response by the friends and the colleagues that I, I meet there. But 
some of the probably more rewarding experiences are being able to give back to the community and work with the communities that are devastated by disaster. And so, you know, my opportunity to respond to Henryville after, uh, Henryville, Indiana after an EF4 tornado ripped through that entire community was definitely uh, one of my more rewarding experiences. And then Hurricane Sandy, where we were uh, stationed in Long Beach and being able to take my team there and teams that we developed in Indiana there to help the, the community of Long Beach recover from that horrible disaster has been uh, some of the highlights of, of my career. Until now, and now we have you on the road uh, rescuing animals all around the country. And Randy, we're just so honored that you have chosen American Humane's Red Star Rescue Program as the next stop in your journey, which is a journey of such laudable and noble work. So thank you so very much for what you're doing. I would just say it's it's my pleasure. I mean, as I got the opportunity and was able to look at uh, the Red Star program, I just, you know, Red Star is the oldest and most respected animal rescue organization in the world. And um, I'm just looking forward to the opportunity to make a difference and improve people's lives by enabling the human-animal bond experience and also that opportunity to care for animals that can't care for themselves or speak for themselves. Uh, those are animals that they clearly feel love and dependence and anxiety and fear and happiness, and they deserve an opportunity to experience the five freedoms, and I'm just glad that I'm in an opportunity to, to kind of provide for that. Well, Randy, you and I both know that America's animals face so many challenges from increasingly destructive storms to abuse and neglect and substandard breeding facilities such as puppy mills. We're thrilled with your wealth of experience and your leadership skills and your passion for helping those in need. We're thrilled that you're taking on the helm of leadership of our Red Star Rescue Program. And I know we have a very special anniversary coming up that I know you're very excited about. Tell us about Red Star's birthday next year. Absolutely. 2016 marks 100 years of service uh, where we uh, began uh, on the fields of uh, World War One and overseas in France in 1916. And so our centennial anniversary is this year and we're really excited to uh, celebrate that 100 year anniversary. And in so doing, we're really looking at uh, strengthening our, our organization and kind of giving it a renewed look. Uh, we're looking at expanding our operations and our capabilities, uh, especially with a focus in Oklahoma as well as in California. And we just really expect it to be a, a banner year that will just renew us for another 100 years. That's wonderful. Well, Randy, on behalf of all of us at American Humane Association, welcome. And thank you for what you've done in your short time on this job as our new Red Star Rescue leader. We know that you and our wonderful Red Star Rescue volunteers and staffers have a ambitious agenda for the year ahead, saving animals in times of disaster and crisis, rescuing them from abuse and neglect cases. And certainly, I know you'll be working hard on the puppy mill issues too. And we're mighty grateful for all you do for animals. It's my pleasure. I'm super excited to uh, be a part of the American Humane Association and the Red Star Program. Thank you, Randy. Well, this is Dr. Robin Ganser. You're listening to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back after this brief message. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. 
Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Dr. Robin Gansard. And this week's episode is just so exciting for all of us who love America and love those who serve our country. This is an episode devoted to those who've served and those who continue to serve and put themselves in harm's way for our freedom. We are indeed home of the free because of the brave, the brave who have served our country and again continue to serve in the most unimaginable of circumstances against threats to our country and to our freedom. Today, our episode features a good friend of mine and a good friend of yours because I know you've heard him on our show several times, but you haven't heard him in this new role. I'm so pleased and honored to introduce today United States Marine Corps Captain Jason Haig, a retired Marine, decorated war hero, and you all know him and you know his service dog, Axel. Captain Haig, thanks so much for being here today. How are you? I'm doing just fine. Thanks, Robin. I appreciate you having us. Well, thrilled to be here, and I always love seeing Axel, so thank you for having Axel today. Axel's doing great for those listeners who can't see him. He's quite happy today, and uh, he's enjoying the fall weather. Uh, That he is. He's doing great. It is raining a little bit here today, so he had me out in the rain for just a little bit. So thank you very much, (laughs) Axel. (laughs) Well, Axel had business to do out there in the rain, so it's all good. It's all good. Well, Captain Haig, our listeners have been enthralled and inspired by your personal story, your personal narrative of courage, of bravery, of being a proud patriot. Your service to our country is indeed so laudable and so noble. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about your backstory so they can recall? Absolutely, sure. I did three tours in in the Middle East, two in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. Unfortunately, I got hurt in in April of 2003. Uh, I got shot with a machine gun and got hurt a couple more times in 2007 and had a really tough time trying to reintegrate back into society. And in 2010, I was diagnosed, or 2012, excuse me, I was diagnosed with PTSD and traumatic brain injury. Had a very tough time uh, with my family, uh, my wife and my three children. Suffered a lot of that and the brunt of that PTSD and uh, just really couldn't cope with it all. And then luckily for me, uh, I found my service dog, Axel, and he he basically saved my life. I would not be here without him and uh, was prescribed way too many medications, 32 to be exact. 
and uh, with the help of Axel was able to dwindle that down to only two and because of that I'm doing uh, doing quite well and happy to say that my wife and I are doing fantastic my children are prospering and uh, we look forward to the future well that was the short version, listeners. <laughs> what he didn't share with you was uh, those three tours of duty in Iraq. He lost brothers in arms. He lost fellow Marines. He was suffered injuries that you and I just can't imagine. Was awarded and decorated the Purple Heart for his bravery. Jason, your actions on the battlefields were, were stunning, and I know that you saved a lot in your own command. And as a leader, as a captain, I know they were grateful to have served with you and under your leadership. Any special stories that you'd like to share from the time in service in the War on Terror? Some of the, the most recent stories that I have, I guess you would say, would probably be in, in 2007 and 2008, just being with my guys on, on those long convoys. I can remember specifically one of our convoys was hit with an IED, just knowing that those men were there to protect me and that had my back. Watching those brothers in arms react so quickly in the face of danger when our vehicle was struck, just rush right in to help us is just unbelievable to understand when a vehicle is on fire or people are shooting at you and those men and women don't even care. And um, The enemy. Yeah, and then your brother or sister will just come in after you and with no regard for their life is pretty, uh, pretty intense. So I guess for me to be able to give back now and to be able to repay that debt is uh, pretty significant. Well, speaking of paying a debt to fellow servicemen and women in uniform serving this day, uh, American Humane Association will be launching on February 2nd our brand new center, Center for Military Affairs, under the dynamic and inspirational leadership of Captain Jason Haig. Jason, we're honored to have you join us in this capacity. Looking forward to the February 2nd kickoff of this new center. Can you share with our listeners what this center is going to do? Oh, well, this center is going to do so many things uh, to be able to do research and uh, to have direct impact for our veterans and their families is just going to be absolutely amazing. Um, I can't tell you how much this means to me and to American Humane Association to be able to build this center and to put our name on it and to reach out to these military families and to these service members is going to be fantastic. You know, you have service dog Axel with you, and I know you have shared your story in so many venues of how Axel has saved your life, and and I'm looking today, I think Axel's given me a special boost today just from his love, his, his love of us humans. Uh, he is truly man's best friend. Uh, what kind of service does he provide for you that you can help educate our listeners on to what service dogs do, and particularly in your case, what Axel does for you? Axel and, and service dogs of so many shapes and sizes can do so many different things, especially Axel for me. Uh, he can wake me up from nightmares. He can pull me out of flashbacks, take me away from a panic attack. If and when I used to need him, he could bring me my medications. He can open doors, bring me my keys, find me my wallet. Uh, no, Robin, you can't have him. I wish. I know you want to, but... Um, he, I just want him to bring me your wallet. <laughs> There's nothing in it. So. Nothing in mine either. It's all the animals. Absolutely. But without him, I wouldn't be able to sit here and even do this interview. So the level of comfort, the level of companionship, the level of life-saving things that Axel has done for me is completely astounding. 
before I had gotten Axel, I had no idea the, the things that animals could do. So it is absolutely terrific, the things that he's done for not just me, but for my entire family and for everybody that he's touched. That's hashtag service dogs rock friends for those of you that just adore what service dogs do for us humans. And they do these tasks for us, what we call a working dog. They work for us humans. It's out of love, isn't it, Jason? No, it definitely is out of love. Axel gets up every morning and, and wants to work. He is one of the most cheerful and energetic animals that I've ever seen when he puts that vest on. He wants to get up. He wants to be able to live his life and please me, please my family. And if he's not working, honestly, I think he's sulking. <laughs> so that's what's one of the most amazing things about Axel is that he he loves doing his job just like I do. So that's what's completely fantastic about the whole situation. Well, I think there's no better example of leadership for our new Center for Military Affairs than you, Captain Haig, uh, given your noble, laudable, and heroic service to our country. And, and now you serve as a shining example for our wounded warriors facing PTS of how the human-animal bond can give us a second chance at life. Absolutely. If anybody can do it, or if I can do it, then anybody can do it. That's that's absolutely for sure. So to all those veterans out there that are struggling or that have a problem, please reach out and know that uh, it can be defeated and it can be moved on from. And there is a prescription and it's for its own four legs. Four legs and lots of fur and a wagging tail, and that's that's those service dogs. You know, Jason, you and I have had lots of conversations about service dog standards in this country. There's not a national standard for service dog training for those humans with PTS or TBI. There's really not a not a national protocol. Certainly, there's a lot of confusion in the space from from those required by law for public access and those kinds of spaces. And you know, I've traveled with you some as we are getting ready to launch this new center. And I'm I'm rather stunned at the bias and the prejudice that a decorated war hero such as yourself faces when you walk into a public access space with a service dog. Has this been unusual just during our limited travel here to kicking off this new center for military affairs? I Unfortunately, I wish I could say it was unusual, but it's the norm. It happens to me every day. 75% of the uh, buildings and places that I that I go into, have no idea what a service dog is or what it's used for or why that it's even in their place of business. So I do a lot of explaining. I do a lot of education education and telling them what Axel is all about. And in my job and what we do, I have no problem explaining that and telling them all about it. I love doing it. But it's when it turns into an ugly situation of denied access and why are you here and that dog's not allowed. And that's when it becomes a problem. And that's where I hope with American Humane Association and everybody else where we can come together and and get some more education out there and let everyone know what these life-saving animals are all about. And hopefully work together in collaboration with service dog agencies to produce a national training standard that we can agree on and promulgate so that those groups that perhaps are out there that aren't true service dogs will be eliminated. 
that's going to be the biggest thing is working in collaboration and getting everybody together to agree on a lot of these national standards. Uh, that's what, I, in my opinion, we really need is a national standard because, like you said, there is none. And we're going to keep running into a lot of these problems with the denied access and, unfortunately, these fake service dogs that are out there that are making the legitimate service dogs run into all these big problems. That's really the issue here is that the denied access is illegal. It's against ADA and uh, with the airlines, it's against airline carrier bill, right? So it's against uh, two pieces of legislation where service dogs cannot be denied access to, to public spaces. You know, and we've got a lot of work to do, Jason, on this national standard, don't we? Yes, ma'am. And we'll certainly do that in this new role as you as the national director for the Center for Military Affairs. I was also stunned in traveling, accompanying you and Axel on meetings, uh, how people would run away when they saw a German shepherd. I was stunned. I've always loved shepherds. I've loved animals of all kinds, as our listeners know. And Axel is such a sweetie. I can't imagine imagine people running, but does this happen often, Toon? I won't say that that does happen often, but it is not unusual. Um, I've had numerous people, unfortunately, run. I was actually in a a Walmart with my, he was, I think, 10 or 11 at the time, my 10-year-old son, and we came around the corner, and I actually had two Walmart employees scream as loud as they could in front of my 10-year-old and run the other way. So it's definitely happened on more than one occasion. I mean, that's stunning. And again, Axel has his vest on. He's happy. He's a beautiful, beautiful canine. And there's fear of these big dogs, I suppose. We've got to work. All of us animal lovers need to work to overcome our friends, our neighbors, our members of our community who are fearful of service dogs and fearful of big dogs. We've got to work to overcome that. That was a rather aha moment for me. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah. and But I have also had where people have been exceptionally frightened of dogs, where I've told them that if you want to get over being frightened of dogs, this is the dog to do it, where I've just laid Axel down and he won't move and they'll come up and pet him. So it's a double-edged sword, I guess you would say. Absolutely, which I think is the whole space with service dogs. It's it's double-edged, uh, the denied access, some of the bias, and then a lot of love and a lot of love uh, because people who get it, who love animals and understand what these dogs do, know that they are our lifeboats. And I know there's many more servicemen and women who will be coming back from this new war on terror who's going to need a lifeboat like Axel. You know, we at American Humane and under your leadership, the Wax for Patriots program, a grant-making program to help provide for service dogs for our, our veterans coming back, facing those invisible wounds of war. What does Wax for Patriots mean for you? Wags for Patriots is one of the programs that's really near and dear to my heart. It's a direct service program that we can get these life-saving leashes into the hands of the veterans. So that program honestly is very near and dear to my heart. So I can't wait to help establish this program and make it even more robust with the help of uh, the American public and to have as many of these service dogs into the hands of these veterans. Because obviously, as you can tell with the, the unfortunate events in the world today, we're going to have even more of these troops coming home. Um, there's 184 cases of PTSD that are diagnosed every day. 184 cases of PTSD diagnosed every day? Every day. So um, that's going to be, unfortunately, there will not be a shortage of service members that will need these, these service dogs. And what about that horrific suicide rate that I hear? One every 65 minutes. That's 22 a day. 
listeners, one every 65 minutes, 22 a day of our veterans coming home from serving in the war on terror, committing suicide. We have to do more for our war heroes, the ones who keep us free. Yes. And that's what this military center of uh, or this center of military affairs will help do. And with our research, we can actually medically prove hopefully that uh, these service dogs can save lives. And then with our Wags for Patriots, we can get these leashes in the hands of these veterans. You know, you also will oversee Battle Buddies, the program that our listeners are very familiar with, really close. And hopefully by the time that this episode airs, the president will have signed the National Defense Authorization Act, which would be a great victory for war dogs, allowing them a free ride home on military transport. And I know, Jason, you have seen a lot of these dog handlers and seen what it means when they're reunited with their battle buddy. It's got to be a sense of pride for you as well to oversee that program. Absolutely. The Battle Buddy program is uh, is a phenomenal program to reunite these handlers with their military working dogs, just to have them back into the hands of uh, their handlers. And then also to have them back onto U.S. soil is just terrific. Uh, What those dogs have done for us overseas, saving the lives of our troops every day is just a job that these dogs are phenomenal about. To hopefully, the other part of that program is to get them free medical care when they retire. Uh, that's going to be another big mission of AHA and mine. Um, I'm very excited to tackle that task as well. So we're looking forward to that. I have a feeling there's very few missions that you don't complete, Jason, in your lifetime. And I think free veterinary care, primary care for these war dogs will be something you succeed on beautifully. And as our listeners know, American Humane secured free specialty veterinary care through our wonderful and incredibly exciting and innovative relationship with Red Bank Veterinary Hospital in New Jersey. And now it's time for our hometown communities to provide free primary veterinary care for these retired war dogs. So our soldiers and Marines who are retired dog handlers don't have to absorb those extraordinary costs for a dog that have served alongside them in war. Absolutely. Now, that is going to be one of uh, our top missions to make sure that uh, they can get the the required care that they need once they retire after they've, they've served so honorably overseas. So. Very excited. You know, you're a dad of uh, three very precious kiddos. I know your family, Elizabeth, is a wonderful, wonderful uh, lady, and I know she's a great mom. You know, we talked about when we were creating the Center for Military Affairs, the five years of legacy of work that American Humane has done with Operation Purple, the, the camps for the kiddos. These are the kids of active duty servicemen and women. And what American Humane does is provide these kids with therapy dogs when they go to their camps. Uh, How does it make you feel to oversee that program as a dad? That program is very exciting. Um, I've yet to actually set foot on a camp when the, the therapy dogs were there. But to be able to see those videos and watch those children's faces, I know my son has actually been to one of the camps. So to actually have a first person experience and to know what it's all about is just phenomenal. And to now to be able to to head something like that up, I can't really put that into words, to be honest with you. I just know what it means to these families and to those children. And to have all three of my kids live through those deployments and know what they're thinking, it's going to be a life-changing experience for all of them. And to be able to work through something like that, I'm very excited. 
You know, we've been able to touch about a thousand kiddos a year for each of the past five years. And with our partnership with Operation Purple, really proud of our association with National Military Families Association and commit them for their incredible work that they do for military families. We're glad to be a partner and glad to bring them four legs and fur and a wagging tail and lots of unconditional love. And isn't that what it's about? Oh, it's absolutely. That's what it's about. I'm, I even got to see a llama, I think, uh, in, in one of those videos. <laughs> <laughs> we believe in therapy llamas. We have therapy cats, therapy guinea pigs, and uh, certainly our core, our incredible volunteer core of therapy dogs. And uh, a big hug to our therapy dog partners out there. You are, are the best. And those volunteers that take our therapy dogs out to these camps, you are the best. You make us so proud and allow us to heal so many kiddos. I hear from the kids at those camps and they send little notes in and they say the best day at camp was when the dog came, when the dogs came or the llama came and the mini horse came. They love that opportunity and they're able to break down their own barriers and really share how they feel. I think that's pretty special. Uh, I definitely think it's very special to have those animals, whether or not they, they be a llama or a dog or a pony or, or, or what have you, to have them have that moment for just a small space and time to take their minds off of wherever their mom or dad may be, uh, whether it be Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, whatever part of the globe it's at, is just something that you can't even put into words for those kids. And it's a very special program, and I'm very excited to hopefully build that out and to hopefully touch even more kids' lives this year and for many more years to come. Making a real difference, real impact, meaningful impact for military families. You know, I sit there and I think about all of the animals that are associated with military veterans, military families, and this work that we're doing at American Humane that'll be captured under this new Center for Military Affairs. Pretty amazing. We, you know, have learned that at the height of the war on terror, 2,500 military working dogs might have been deployed in various capacities in bases overseas. Now we're reading, very hard to get the exact number, 1,700 dogs. Not sure how many of those are special forces or whatever. So many dogs serving alongside active duty, sniffing out bombs, weapon caches, enemy positions. Then when that soldier, that Marine, returns home, there's an opportunity to have another canine in their life, that service dog who's trained to meet their own individual needs. And then we know that while they're deployed tuned, dogs can go in, animals can go into these kiddos' camps bringing hearts and love. Sitting here and I'm just amazed at how the power of the human-animal bond is so important in the lives of our families touched by the military. Again, it's so phenomenal where military families and the animal bond goes that we have an opportunity here to save lives, save families, and help each other on so many levels that you've given me and my family an opportunity to help as many people and my family. And I'm very excited just to to keep moving and, and to keep helping as many as we can. Well, Captain Haig, this is our mission, is to really celebrate the power, the healing power of the human-animal bond, and to bring hope to those who allow us to be home of the free. It's those brave men and women serving our country today, and those who have served, and to you especially, Captain Haig, thank you for your service to our country and your service in this new journey. On behalf of all of us at American Humane Association, we're honored to know you and so proud to work alongside you for our shared values. Thank you. We very much appreciate it.
Well, friends, there you have it, two American heroes, American heroes who are really devoting their lives to improving the lives of others, to bring compassion to our nation's military and their families, to bring kindness to communities in times of disaster. Randy and Jason are are doing incredibly heroic and brave work as they really continue to drive and really push their issues forward in these challenging times. You know, in times of the holidays, we remember to be grateful for those who are really making a difference. And I'm grateful for Randy, for Jason, and all of the staff, the volunteers, our board members and leaders at the American Humane Association. It's an honor and pleasure to work alongside them every day to help build a more humane world. Listeners, if you'd like to learn more about this vital work, please visit AmericanHumane.org today. And again, join us to build a better world. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for a very special episode of Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. Remember this week and every week to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.